Let me start this episode off by declaring my deep love for books. Reading them, holding them in my hand, the way they smell, the way they look on a shelf, buying them, giving them away, hopefully someday writing them. If it has something to do with the book, I want to be a part of it. Well, today I'll be talking about one of my favorites, Gabriel Garcia Marquez's 100 Years of Solitude, one of the seminal books in the entirety of South American literature. The book follows the Buendia family over 100 years of their ancestry in the fictional town of Mocondo. Marquez uses the family's sometimes tragic and sometimes beautiful story to highlight the long and painful history of over-militarization, mass political upheaval, and US imperialism in South America. He accomplishes this by using a technique called magical realism, which is a style of fiction that, you guessed it, uses magic to describe real-world events. With characters like Remedia the Beautiful, who is so attractive that after she becomes fatally ill, instead of dying, she simply floats away. Or when Jose Acardio Buendia learns how to increase and decrease his size like Ant-Man after being stuck tied to a tree for over a decade. Or the ghost of Melchiades that wanders around the house years after his passing because death was too lonely. As a writer myself, what I think is so genius about this novel is how Marquez is able to use such profound language to provide an overview of time. The best example of this is the very first line of the book when Marquez writes, Many years later, as he faced the firing squad, Colonel Areliano Buendia was to remember that distant afternoon when his father took him to discover ice. There are a number of layers to this, but I'd like to focus on the multiple tenses he uses. Many years later, future tense, as he faced the firing squad, present tense in that moment, and then was to remember, which is of course the past. So essentially what he's saying is that in the future, the colonel will remember the past, but it's being presented to us as already having happened. This is the first line of the book. We're meant to take all of the past, present, and future in one sentence. Jesus Christ. Now I'd love to break down the language of the entire book, and believe me, I could, but today's episode will already be a little longer than usual, so I won't ramble too much. My guest for our conversation today is an old friend of mine who will be joining us all the way from Bogota, Colombia. We met my junior year of high school and bonded over our shared love of books and socialism. He was also the first person to ever give me weed, so this show probably wouldn't exist without him. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy the conversation between me and my friend Juan Fajardo. Hey Juan, thank you for being on Cosmic Conversations. I really appreciate you being out here. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself real quick. Justin, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really glad to, to be here. Uh, it's been quite a while since last time we, we, we spoke. Right? Yeah, uh, probably like six years now. Uh, <laughs> uh, Is it really six years? Well, oh my god, we're so fucking old. <laughs> well, uh, the, the second semester of junior year of high school. Uh, is when we met when you uh, when you transferred yeah. over here. Uh, funny funny story, I guess. Um, uh, Juan was actually the first person to ever give me weed. The first person to ever get me high. We smoke out. We smoked it out of an apple at the park. So in many ways, this show is uh, because of you. <laughs> this show is just me getting well, high and talking about things. So that's the, that's your fault. Hence the, the 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 Colombian, you know, like stereotype. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of it's, it's kind of true after all. <laughs> I was just telling you, it's so fucking cheap right here. <laughs> yeah, you were Every telling. You were telling me how much is how much is weed out there? Can you tell me again? I mean, 
mean, I can get it for like around uh, like 30 cents, maybe less than that, like 20, 20 something cents. Jesus uh, gram. Christ. Yeah. Oh, man. That's that's crazy. Of course, if like the, you come here like speaking English and asking around, they'll yeah. <laughs> realize you're foreign and charge you like three times as much. Yeah. This is still like... Uh, Yes. <laughs> still not very still not very much like three times as much as like 60 cents like that's not <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> well juan the uh the topic of this episode the reason why i asked you on today is uh is to discuss uh, uh one of my favorite books one of our shared favorite books gabriel garcia marquez 100 years of solitude so let, let's talk about that for a little bit why, why is this book important to you if i can ask i think not only this book but also, like, all Garcia Marquez works, and on top of that, like, this whole genre that we call, like, the magical realism. Right, right. It's a way of, like, uh, reflecting or trying to illustrate the lives and the quotidianities. Is that a word? I don't know. Well, the, 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 <laughs> it's okay. The, the, the daily lives. <laughs> the daily lives of, of, of people, like, in rural parts of, of Colombia, you know, like, uh, deep in the fields, in the plains, in the mountains, in the jungle, there were these little towns that had this uh, almost magical, yeah, uh, like interactions and, and like between the the people who lived there and everything, and everything was like populated with with this like magical sense of reality. So that is kind of what I most uh, appreciate from this book, from uh, One Hundred Years of Solitude, right. and also because if you if you kind of now the history of Garcia Marquez, it's kind of a, he somehow lived the book he wrote because he, 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 he was born in Aracataca. Right, right. More or less like five years after the, the railroad that ended up uh, being owned by the United Fruit, uh, the United Fruit Company and well, this other topic uh, was built. So he, 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 he was a witness to, to, to the change in daily lives of, of people like due to this uh, like foreign this, influence this this, you know? this foreign imperialism by the u.s uh and it, there's a there's an important part in the book that we've discussed before the uh the, the banana massacre uh in, in at the center of town the, the 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 banana company that comes and essentially slaughters uh, half 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 the town of mokondo uh in, in the book and that's actually based on real events if i remember correctly that. Yeah, yeah, it's actually based on, on, on real events, and it's part of, uh, I mean, if you look up the, the history of Colombia, we've always been in, in war, or yeah. at least in some kind of internal conflict. Mm, uh, we, we all also kind of reached this this uh, topic specifically about this massacre and everything. When we were uh, talking about like how, not only in Colombia, but also like uh, something I, 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 I catched up really easily, when I was in the U.S., how there's this like cult yeah. around the, the military and the, the, this official uh, like version is, is always pointing out how perfect, how immaculate the, the military is. And right, right. well, the reality is, of course, quite different, you know, especially yeah. in Colombia when we've always dealt with the insurgencies and like political instabilities. Uh, the military has been at times the guerrilla. It has been at times the right. the, the official uh, force. It has been participant of several uh, acts of 
of, in humanity right. as all the actors of uh, of uh, of, uh, of an armed uh, conflict right do. I, we we talked about this also uh earlier in our conversation uh the uh the Coca-Cola massacre uh in the I think it was in the 80s right if if I remember correctly Nah, I would honestly be lying if I if I told you a date. But the thing is that it's not the the only massacre. Nor nor is it this one of the banana massacre. There's been several massacres, and that's more like a modus operandi, like right. the way of the the establishment has always been also a, a terrorist actor. Right. Well, understanding terrorism as this means of controlling and and, and like. A, forcing like a huge impact uh, right well right. By, by, by cruelty I and mean, all, all these things right so not only i mean because everywhere you go and i don't know how how how, how known this is in the u.s i mean i kind of do but <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean in, in in the in the exterior is uh, when you speak about colombia it's always the the, the first thing you, you think about is maybe uh, pablo escobar right cocaine right, right, or something right. like that right but the thing is that it's not, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's one of our biggest issues, of course. But then again, the, the, the political instability has always been there. So there's always been also another factions from left-winged uh, uh, insurgencies. Yeah. And uh, also like reactionary uh, factions from the opposite political uh, yeah, uh, spectrum. What? So it's, uh, I don't know. What, what I really... I'm, I'm kind of rambling right now. No, it's okay. That's fine. That's fine. It's so interesting here in the u.s um with bernie sanders and this idea of democratic socialism uh, we get so afraid of it here in the u.s the argument that is usually used against it is like well venezuela right look at venezuela look at their their they're a socialist country and they they collapsed but people don't realize that we forced their collapse we 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 overthrew them by force okay so yeah now that you mentioned venezuela people also tend to overlook the fact that when Chavez was uh, still in power, I mean, there's a couple of facts that I would like to point out. I don't know if the time will, will be enough for that, but uh, the first is that uh, in 2001, they tried to make a, a coup right. to overthrow uh, Chavez. And it was then proved that it, it had some kind of connection to the, to the CIA or the FBI, something like that. Yeah. I cannot really point out the specifics because, I, again, this is just something I just remembered. Yeah. <laughs> but it, the fact is that it was all the people from, like, the villas and the low-income uh, neighborhoods that went to the, to the, to the Miraflores Palace, the, 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 the government, uh, the seat of government. Right. And basically completely surrounded the, the building, asking for Chavez's return. And it was due, well... And also, of course, to the like the loyalist branch of the military that basically rescued Chavez from these kidnappers, uh, but also to, to all the people that was basically surrounding the, the, the building, uh, preventing anyone to flee or to complete this operation. Right. Uh, the reason why he well, got to live at least for a few more years. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and also, in that same space of time, I mean, here in Colombia, you just mentioned that the, that every time in the U.S. they mention like socialism, they'll tell you like, uh, "Oh, look at Venezuela." Well, it's most like it's, it's basically the same over here. Yes. <laughs> right. Not only that, but you're gonna since we also have this like left wing insurgency that it will always function as like um, 
an excuse right. or like um, a, um, I, I don't know the term in English, but like roughly translated would be like this useful fool. Like a scapegoat, know? like a scapegoat. Like a scapegoat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got it. <laughs> I, I totally so get everyone, that. Everyone, everyone that, that, that contradicts the official like version of the, of the, of the situation or whatever, is always is always be uh, is always gonna be denoted as a as as part of the guerrilla. Right, right. So not, not only you're a communist, but you're also trying to overthrow the, <laughs> the, like the establishment, and you're a violent person that needs to be jailed, like, controlled, and, yeah, yeah, like, and, Imp- yeah imprisoned, I mean, yeah, <laughs> right, or right. killed, yeah, the, which is what was most likely happens in, in this place. Right. Uh, in that same time. You, you always, uh, or, or you also uh, get told a lot that, hey, look at all the, the, the people that are fleeing from Venezuela right now. Right, right. And then you look at the at this, uh, like a few years back when Chavez was still in power. Again, I don't remember the exact number. There was millions and millions of Colombians who fleeing from the from, from our violence went to look for better opportunities in, the, in Venezuela. Right, right. Really, really. It's really interesting. I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Why, why do you think that is? Why do you think that is? Just because it was Venezuela safer, I guess, at the time? It was, it was safer. Not only that, but I mean, the, the insecurity here and is really like, uh, like precisely located. Right. You know, there's some parts of the country that, you know, the red zones and if you don't have anything to go uh, for or, or something when better just avoid the whole thing right yeah <laughs> right, right 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 that makes sense so uh, i i wanted to ask you some questions uh p- part of i think what we connected on years ago when we first met was uh was our shared love of uh or our shared hatred of capitalism and our shared love of of socialist ideas so uh what do, what are your thoughts on the current state of capitalism i mean in regards of the future of capitalism i'm just I, I'm, I'm not quite as optimistic if yeah. I'm completely honest, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't really see like a quick end or like a quick solution to all of these uh, issues. I do feel that, I mean, not necessarily the change has to come from the U.S. specifically, but it would help, of course, yeah. if we manage to to get some like uh, like social like uh, like more humanist uh, candidate in the White House. Yeah. I mean, that, that's basically the head of the snake, and I think also the. Uh, those kind of ideologies are kept by like fundamentalisms and uh, this really like a moralist and uh, like regressive ideas and 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 and, and peoples and, and groups of of, of, of of people and that happens in the u.s as it does in, in colombia i actually remember when i first got to to the u.s i i mean there's one difference in any case and it's the fact that here in colombia our institutions are really 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 fucking weak almost non-existent so there's no one to avoid uh, or to keep you from drinking alcohol ever since you were 14 (laughs) i actually do yeah (laughs) and i remember that i was all the time like one time with this uh, like josh kayla we we actually managed to get a bottle of of vodka from like a chinese store i mean i don't know this crazy lady gave me the looks and he like i kind of understood i was like really not from here so it's okay i don't know that's funny (laughs) (laughs) and i was the only one i was the i was the only one drinking yeah (laughs) 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 
like starts telling me like, oh no, let's mix it with some like a orange juice, and I go fuck that, you know, it's a fucking bottle. You know how you fucking drink that shit. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. But uh, I also remember, and again, I kind of rambled a little bit. But that's okay. what I wanted to say is that uh, I would also ask like, hey, what's the, what are you up to? I mean, what what are you gonna do this Friday night? Oh, I'm gonna go to the shooting range with my father's guns, and I was like, "What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what? What's fucking wrong with you?" And what? I thought, like, is he maybe like a psychopath or something? No, that's fucking normal. I mean, everyone has guns in their fucking house. I mean, that that was pretty much it. And I, I think we also connected quite a bit, right? Because I actually do remember, a, like, one time in which the Marines came and like basically they they took us out of class and they kind of like threw a big party and it was like oh hell the marines and we all fucking love them and i was like what this fucking shit <laughs> yeah no I, I, that's that's funny i i get it i i mean you're you're not wrong about that we we in the in the u.s part part of our history uh unfortunately is love for the military right i mean it, it goes back into our revolutionary roots uh you know this this idea that the military is our savior we're going to band together and overthrow the great power the problem is is now we're the great power uh and our military is is being used against us you know in in the streets so it's 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 an interesting dichotomy and i i think that's now it, it with there was there, there was this joke recently that i heard um something along the lines of like the u.s is finally invading its own country it's, it's it's you know it's finally invading itself it spent so long invading other countries and now it's using its military against its own people uh so hopefully my my hope is that perhaps we adopt your country's uh perspective on the military because i know we've talked about it earlier <laughs> colombia essentially they 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 essentially hold the military in in uh as kind of like the enemy of the people, right? I think you mentioned that. I mean, that, again, it's kind of like uh, the, the thing is that we, we really, really polarized. I mean, there's two opposite extremes in like uh, in like general opinion. So you'll find either like uh, viewpoints. Either the military are a bunch of murderers and <laughs> they should be judged as any other uh, actor in this, uh, in this in this in this scenario. Right. Or they are the heroes of the of the country, and we should all worship them because they are saving our lives from the foreign threat. And not, not yeah. the foreign threat, but the internal threat, rather, like uh, communism. And, right. Right. You know, the right. left wing guerrillas, and they'll say like, "Oh, but they're they're, they're fighting against the drug dealers." Bullshit. I mean, the, we got a fucking drug dealer in, in the in the in the presidency. We've always had <laughs> at least for, at least the past twenty years. We've had the narcos. Uh, in the highest spheres of, of, of government so but again I, I, this opposite viewpoint is always kept not on, not not by by by, by like a like a well-informed and thought criteria no quite the opposite it's all like passionate and it's uh, uh, made from fundamentalist uh, religious opinions and moralist uh, old people that would rather judge and uh, like everyone else before like accepting their own right faults. Right, right we we talked a little bit earlier i i asked you about psychedelics are are, are psychedelics what what is the culture of psychedelia down there uh, is there a huge is there a huge mushroom community are, are psychedelics popular and how do they influence in your mind how do they influence your culture 
Well, the thing in, in South America is that, I mean, not, not, not all psychedelic experiences, but a lot of them, and a lot of them that are also endemic to, to our territories, I uh, kept in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a circle of like, uh, like ritual, like, like, like ritualistic right. uh, cultures and like the indigenous uh, peoples and such and such. So it's kind of hard for me to talk about like a psychedelic culture because I mean, of course there is. Right. But yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would rather not because I, I do think that sometimes that interest is also used to like uh, erase all this background like um, influences that we do have in, in, in our territories. Right. Uh, like, you know, like ayahuasca. Right, uh, right. I mean, I, yeah, there's, the, there's yeah, there, there's that idea that like, you know, white, white Americans will go down there for the ayahuasca uh, and, and make the entire culture about that. Is that kind of what you're saying? Like, like we, we have too much short sightedness. So we see what you, we can get from you, which is the, which is the drugs, but you kind of disregard the whole culture behind it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's what happens when you take something out of its original like context, you know. Yeah. When you when you say um, let's get ayahuasca, and now it's not really like a, I don't know, like a kofan sage, but rather like <laughs> this hippie from the sixties doing like whatever the fuck he wants and yeah. then, like directing the the the, the, the ceremony in the. <laughs> the way like energies and cosmical bullshit like uh, tell him to, to 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 do so it's it's quite different and of course i think there's something that we lose in that transaction right 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 really? in any case i i i, I believe that it's uh, inevitable i mean it, this this kind of uh, experiences and cultures are gonna be lost if we don't take them out and put it on the on the spotlight so we we do have to share this knowledge to with with, with everyone with, with everyone else, right? <clears throat> but we have to first make sure, and that's my opinion, that we have to first make sure that these roots are well kept and right. they are like uh, like guaranteed some semblance of like not only independence but also like dignity. I get what you're saying. We have to respect the culture from where it come where it comes from. We can't you know we can't take the ayahuasca out and proclaim it as a as a u.s invention which which happens so often right i mean like look at like uh yoga practices yoga came to the united states in the 20s and now it's a popular thing amongst you know middle class white housewives uh totally erasing the original uh hindu roots that it has come from that's that's another problem with imperialism right it's uh what, what is the word i'm looking for um uh, appropriation it's it's a it's a kind of appropriation cultural appropriation yeah where, where we appropriate yeah. and and that's especially scary because so many of those indigenous tribes in south america are disappearing partly because of uh american influence uh but also i mean partly because of the the, the cultures of uh certain political or the ideas of certain political figures in south america like bolsonaro what do you what do you think which are which are of course functional to all this uh, like foreign like interests, of course. I mean, that's when we start speaking about like uh, imperialism as such, because in the end, the ones that are like uh, the ones who benefit from that situation are like the big multinational companies that come trying to exploit these uh, territories that are currently occupied by native population. So, and 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 then again, like. Uh, like uh, went easy on the whole military thing, but I do want to point one last thing in that regard. 
the, the indigenous peoples of, of, of not only Colombia and South America really have always been subject to aggressions from other sides, from, from, from everywhere. All the actors the, 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 here in Colombia, the guerrilla, right. even though they call themselves like left wing and socialist and I mean, they'll end up killing uh, people in a community because they think they're working with the government. And so will the, the government thinking the opposite. So it's uh, like a vicious cycle yeah. in which the saddest part is that we do actually got to have uh, 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 an indigenous guerrilla here in Colombia. It was called the Quintin Lame. And Quintin Lame was the name of another really important guy called, called Jose Manuel Quintin Lame, who, which was the, 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 he was basically like a, like a self-taught lawyer uh-huh. that started fighting again all these litigations and everything that uh, went on in the in the Putumayo I'm sorry no in, in the Cauca uh-huh. which is like a state here in Colombia and uh, he basically got famous because he I mean all, all throughout his life he fought for the rights of the of the workers we have really some like at some point we we, we, we stop even speaking about capitalism we have some like feudal relations here in the in the in the in the fields in Colombia, like outside the cities, in the in the in the lost uh, uh, towns and, and small uh, populations that search throughout the the, the, throughout. the map, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throughout the countryside. Throughout the countryside, right? So, I mean, what I do want to question is this uh, idea of worshiping someone who is at the end just uh, someone that was trained to to kill to murder right i mean right. i think that, that there's a, actually like a slogan with the colombian government went through trying to um improve the the the, the, the general view of the military and everything and it was uh, the heroes in colombia do exist uh-huh. and I'm, I, I'm sure of that i mean they do exist but they're not the fucking military they're the <laughs> fucking teachers they're the doctors who are dealing with this pandemic there right. the social workers who who get killed by by dozens every 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 week. I mean, we've had more, and, and that's also a, a really alarming fact. We've had more um, social uh, or, or activists killed throughout this year than than days of the year. I mean, it's been more than one per day. Right. Really. Really. I didn't. I didn't know that. That's that's awful. Specifically in. Uh, reference to what's going on right now with coronavirus, or just is that just the norm? Do uh, the social activists get murdered that often? No, that's that's the norm. I mean, if you look up uh, again, the thing is that we have this thing called uh, Uribismo. It's like a political current based on this uh, fellow named Uribe, and he is basically the fucking devil, man. I mean, <laughs> he, he he was a military you know, he, he, he got, had deals with Pablo Escobar he's the one that occupied at some point the, the, the well a charge that allowed him to basically uh, deal out licenses to fly uh, well planes or whatever I mean I, I, I know I'm not expressing myself as, as fancy that's as okay. I would like yeah that's fine. But <laughs> <laughs> and then he got to be president and then he got <laughs> to be president again and then he put up some other guy as president and then he Put out a fourth guy, and that's who, uh, and that's where we at, where we are right now. Right. This, right, right. this uh, third or, or, or this first guy that he put in power. Right now, people uh, here in Colombia say, "Oh, he betrayed him." Why? Because he followed through with this negotiation that was uh, done with the FARC, which is the oldest guerrilla in all South America. Uh-huh. But but still, 
people forget that not only I mean the, the massacre, the, the banana massacre. I mean, I think that the most like alarming or or, or yeah, like sad a uh, moment of our recent history in regards to the military was also uh, under this guy's government, Uribe. Uh-huh. And it was uh, this uh, thing that we call the false uh, positives. More right, than three thousand. Right. More, more. I mean. The, the 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 numbers really do depend because no one is sure some uh, associations uh, point that uh, or said it like more or less around five thousand some say it's eight thousand some th- say it's actually like tens of thousands some say it's uh, around three thousand so we're gonna just say it's around three thousand I think that's <laughs> yeah, for, from, fucking, from from what I uh, from what I researched yeah uh, apparently the uh, the Colombian government and the military claim three thousand but they it, like you said it could they also claim that it could be like ten thousand so I am not sure if we'll ever really know how many people were I mean, actually massacred. I mean it's it's really it's really easy to hear out this like uh, things and kind of like normalize them right and say like oh right I mean they were like killing each other whatever no I mean man there were people that came from like a poor neighborhoods or like the, the the peripheries of the city and mm-hmm. there would be like this guy that would come and would tell them like hey i'm looking for some young people to help me work on some fields it's like more or less like a, i don't know three hours from here and you'll get paid so much for like for for this small job right. are you in of course we're in and then they would end up killing them and uh, disguising them as, as guerrilla fighters to show some supposed uh, results of this political, like, militarism that was forced upon us for the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> it's fucking, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's awful. And uh, it's, in the, in the book, um, in which uh, a memory virus spreads through the town of Mokondo, and everybody forgets, right? The whole town forgets, uh, and their memories are all wiped. And, and you talked about this, if I remember correctly, because it, People seem to forget the tragedies that just occurred. One of the of the most important points that was uh, put on the table when the government and the FARC guerrilla was negotiating was the need of reaching some kind of truth. You know, like a, a not not really like an official history, but a true history. You know, we have to to dig out the bones. We have to see like who were the victims, how were they killed, who killed them. And all the the ramifications of that of that of that dynamic, and of course the the memory and the construction of memory is a an essential part of this process. So I do want to point out also that it's really really cool in Marquez's side to have this uh, the, the fact that he had this kind of uh, I mean he he thought so much further yeah. and realized the importance. <laughs> Yeah. Of, of how like how much importance memory would have right and, and all the work around memory before it was even a thing i mean this was just uh, i mean we, we only started speaking about this kind of stuff when, when when like in the in the in the context of the on the peace talks and, and everything right right before that history has a really big impact on memory i guess is kind of the uh the theme right because if you can control the history then you can control the past so if if the government can declare something non-existent or if people forget about it, then it didn't happen, which I guess is kind of the theme, right? If we can if we can all collectively put this behind us, then it never happened. Yeah, I mean, uh, not only not only you get to control like everyone's thoughts, but 
this memory is is also something that has to be built, at least to be like a truthful memory, right? You have to, I mean, it's worthless to ask like the military and the, like only the the, the people who was shooting each other, like, hey, what do you think about this? (laughs) We have to actually like go to the, to this like towns for like completely abandoned towns. And that's the, 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 the really big issue here that the violence is also due to this abandonment. And then I, I go back to where I said that our institutions are really fucking weak. They're non, non-existent in most of the country. Even the big cities, even where, where I am, I, I mean, we got a really fucking corrupt police and we got a, I mean, <laughs> no, things I do not work the, 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 the way they should, you know? I get my final question before we before we go. So, what would you like to see the rest of the world? What lessons would you like the rest of us to take from this book? I think it's uh, an opportunity to to reflect on these other ways of of living. You know, we we do not necessarily have to all hope to be this. Uh, really buff handsome old guy with this like gold chain and gold watch and surrounded by beautiful women in his house on malibu i, I don't know i mean there's fucking yeah i mean we, we might as well just go ahead and then live our lives in tranquility in some like idyllic place such as all the places that are not only my country but the whole world has to to offer you know right it's time we we rethink our priorities i think and and garcia marquez uh, book it's also like a testament to to memory. It's also a testament to all this uh, alternatives way of, of uh, ways of living, and it's a cry against oblivion. You know, mm-hmm. the 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 fight against uh, our cultures being our the fight against our cultures being erased. I think is the uh, is is kind of for me the big theme of this of this book, because at the end, if you recall, I'm I'm sure you do. Uh, at at the end, the whole town gets destroyed and it gets you know blown off of the map. Uh, spoiler alert, I guess to anybody who might read it, but <laughs> the uh, the whole town gets blown off the map, and that essentially erases the whole I- the whole identity of that specific culture, um, which is a huge part of imperialism, as you are sh- I am sure know, uh, an erasure of 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 native identity. Uh, of the true identity of of, of, of South America and Colombia, uh, and I think that's that's also a, a fact worth pointing out. I mean, there's no single identity for Colombia, there's no single identity for South America, nor there is for the United States or right. any other part of America or the the whole world. You know, we're always gonna reach this uh, like small countries within countries, and those are precisely what we have to, 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 to warranty, you know. I really, really like Evo Morales and his government, even though, of course, you can, of course, like, uh, critique a lot of things he did and, uh, well, the fact that he was in the power for almost, like, uh, I don't know, how, how much was it, like, 12 years? But I really liked something specifically about his government. It was the fact that he spoke of Bolivia as a plurinational country. It's mm-hmm. a territory where multiple nationalities, identities, culture, live together right. and work by hand, hand to hand, to a common objective. Which I don't know, like growth, I guess, uh, <laughs> but not really necessarily like economic growth. You know, like yeah. they actually reached uh, 
like these uh, elementary submarines. So, I mean, they they, they fuck that. They they just made, they got to the point in which they produce all the food they consume. So, uh, so the rain tea. So, how do you? <laughs> Yeah. Do you say that word? Like the king is sovereign to his subjects. Yeah. Is that how it works? He he's he's sovereign to his subjects. Sovereign. So you're saying Man. so you're saying he's really he you're saying he's separate from the citizens of uh of, of his country. No, no. I just I just I just needed to hear the word. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, well, Juan, we're gonna be uh we're gonna be uh ending this conversation um for right now uh is there anything any any other idea the show is about ideas i know you i know you, i say that all the time but the show is about ideas are there any ideas that you would like to get across to to listeners right now you you were speaking to uh to americans so are there any things you would like americans to hear right now okay, no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> same people i mean I, I'm, I'm a little bit hypocritical in that sense because while i do think that we should all keep our cultures i do also believe in a globalist uh, society in which like this uh, like uh, borders and uh, right flags are all like abolished in in, in like in favor of some like common ground you know but mm -hmm. this common ground has be to be has to be taught from the respect of, of others and um yeah, I mean, I think the message is just get outside the bubble, just uh, go out and realize how big the world is. Right, right, right. And uh, which is something, yeah. which is something we have trouble with here in America. I think sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it, we do. <laughs> no, I, I, and, yeah. I, 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 I know that. I mean, you, 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 and and, and Matt were really the only people I, I i got to consider my friends and the fact that you were the only guys in which i man who whom which i managed to 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 make like meaningful relationships yeah you, know? you 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 i mean the things you, you you told me affected me in the same way i'm hoping the things i told you yeah uh, affected you you know but much different to these other guys like always singing like this uh, i money money nigga pussy pussy well, i'm sorry that word <laughs> That's okay. I, I, I said Oh my god, now you're going to get banned. <laughs> I'm cancelled. I'm cancelled. That's it. You've ruined my entire career. So thank you for that. <laughs> uh, oh my god. I'm hopeful for our future generations. Uh, what were you saying about... Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm saying that uh, I've kind of reached the conclusion that we're not going to see the, the change, like this big change in the, in the world that we're all hoping for. But at least we're we're trying to make some something good out of our lives, right? Like, leave some kind of seed, or at least uh, have like a meaningful life and right. meaningful relationships with the people. Yeah, who I, form, who form a part of that. I'm I'm an existentialist. That's my general philosophical ideologies. So I I've I've came I came to the conclusion a long time ago that nothing nothing ends well because everything ends, right? Every everything. When you, when when you stop ascribing a meaning to the world, then you have the ability to create meaning yourself. You have the ability to create right. your own world around your friends and the people you love and the things you enjoy. And when you do that, I guess it kind of it gives you a kind of hope. It's kind of an uh, 
it there's a it's a hopeless hope the world is hopeless but we can find hope in that hopelessness <laughs> kind of but anyways is there anything else you wanted to say uh i think we pretty much gone over yeah we, we went over everything <laughs> i mean like, like all the things that we had we, we wanted to talk about and quite a few other things that just kind of appeared out of yeah <laughs> anyways uh anyways Juan, i really appreciate you being on be safe you know be safe out there with the virus uh and you know thank you for taking my call and answering my questions it was really a pleasure justin and well actually it was kind of scared if i'm honest were you were scared was, uh, i mean I, 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 I haven't had like a conversation in english like for a while oh okay and then the conversations that i had were like really like technical like oh hey my internet is failing like oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh it's the best of them all yeah like, oh, you fucking asshole! I have a fucking PhD on on electronics, and <laughs> I, I know everything you're talking about. I, I was like, okay, okay, that's okay, so just fucking calm down. <laughs> you see where it says, "I swear God, my password." I give you the click button. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Sir. That's all you have to do. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, Juan, for being on. And- I think the conversation kind of got away from us, which happens sometimes when you're talking to old friends. It was a good discussion, though, so I don't mind. I would, however, like to end this episode discussing the book. Marquez won the Nobel Prize for this novel in 1982, mostly for his pioneering work in magical realism. Nobody had done it quite like him before, and nobody really has since, save for some similarly cultural impactful authors like Salman Rushdie and Toni Morrison. I said this earlier, but I'm really fascinated by how Marquez is able to use language to create moments in which reality is infiltrated by events so strange they must be magic. Which is something I think we all feel right now in our own culture. That the events of 2020 are so absurdly awful that there has to be some explanation for why other than the boring ones we already have. Which is part of the reason why I chose to discuss this book. Marquez emphasizes the motif throughout the novel of memory and history. That if we don't remember the mistakes of our ancestors, we are doomed to repeat those mistakes for the rest of eternity. I started the first section of this episode with the first line of the book, and I'd like to end it on the last line. For it was foreseen that the city of mirrors or mirages would be wiped out by the wind and exiled from the memory of men at the precise moment when Areliano Babylonia would finish deciphering the parchments, and that everything written on them was unrepeatable, since time immemorial and forevermore because races condemned to 100 years of solitude did not have a second opportunity on Earth. Thank you for listening to Cosmic Conversations, and as always, stay weird.